Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. It's 1233 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive. Gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open for takeout and delivery through DoorDash. Maggie Taylor and Chef Altaf will take care of you at Roos Chris, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. All right, uh, just before we go to uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, the Chisler has uh, texted me back from our uh, my brief time down in uh, SoCal in, in the desert and reminded me, uh, there was a club called Pompeys. The cover charge in 1987 was $25 U.S. Now, maybe, maybe you know, maybe the Chisler and me were the only two guys that had to pay that much. I don't know. What's the most that you've ever paid to get into a club? <laughs> you can text us at 780-496-0063. I know around the time that the NHL draft was in Toronto in 2002, I think the Harley-Davidson Club had just opened up or something, and that one had a big lineup to get in. Elliot Friedman is such a big deal in the center of the universe throughout the country because he's a talented guy. He's never actually had to play a, pay a cover charge anywhere. He joins us right now uh, from NHL that Hockey and Rogers. true. I would love to tell you that is true, but that is not true. Although, you're talking about uh, the Harley-Davidson uh, Motorcycle Club. Right. I know it, it was called, uh, it was called at the time, it was called Indian Motorcycle. That's what and, it was, yes. Yeah, but the Harley-Davidson one was down the street. It was near the Globe and Mail building. But that was, uh, it was called Indian Motorcycle at the time. And... Um, we the score was right across the street. Our studios were literally right across the street, so we spent a lot of time there. And that one I didn't have to pay cover at because we we basically left half our paychecks there. So they were like, "Come on in." They weren't going to give us any trouble. I remember uh, we were there for the Bomeister Lupel draft year, which was in two thousand two, and in Toronto. And Ken Dryden, I'm not sure. I I think he was the president of the Leafs at that time. Does that sound about right, Elliot? Yes, he would have been, yep. He did a 19-minute speech <laughs> to start yeah. the draft. That sounds like Dryden. I'm just like, like, come on. these Because Jay, of course, uh, a lot of people thought Jay Bowmeister was going to go number one that year. It ended up being Rick Nash. But it was. I just remember, like, holy, is this guy ever going to stop talking? It was... Yeah, uh, now I know how my listeners feel on a day-to-day basis with me. Elliot, so. <laughs> if you're going to talk for 19 minutes, you better be good. You better be Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah wow. <laughs> what's What's your funniest Dave Chappelle skit? You brought it up. Oh, I, I love the Prince basketball one. I, you know, like there's some things like you watch when like you're having a rough day or you're having a bad mood or something like that. Yeah. Like, there's There's a couple of things I watch, and one of them is that skit. You know, if you ever need a good laugh, too, there's a segment of the NBA on TNT where Charles Barkley, I don't want to give it away, but Charles Barkley, he gets a bracelet, and he explains the story of where he got this bracelet. It's about four minutes. It's between three and four minutes. 
whenever I'm pissed off at something, <laughs> I will watch that video. And, and, and like my wife thinks it's stupid. I showed it to her, and she's like, "That's the dumbest story ever." But I never fail to stop laughing. And to give you an example of how funny it, I think most of us think it is. By the end of it, like Shaquille O'Neal is like doubled over in laughter. He can't even talk. So. If you ever need a good four-minute story to kind of make you laugh or cheer you up, David Chappelle talking about the basketball at Prince, that's Charlie Murphy, and uh, also um, the Barkley bracelet story from the NBA on TNT. Those are two things that always make me laugh. Uh, for me, Dave Chappelle, the four times I met O.J. Simpson, that is okay, yeah. fun, funny, funny stuff. And you brought up Shaq. And you brought up Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is tight with Wayne Gretzky. You know that. And uh, and it sounds like TNT is bringing out the financial hammer. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going, they're going for the greatest player in the history of the game. That would be a bit of a game changer, wouldn't it be? You know, I, I think it would be like uh, like I've heard a lot of debate about this. And you know, first of all, like like I think we know that Gretzky publicly he doesn't. He doesn't say a lot of things that are like, seismic. I think ever ever since the Mickey Mouse thing, and you know we're going back a long way. That's almost forty years ago. Um, I, I think he's always kind of been careful, but that doesn't mean he can't do it. Like I, I look at this: if, if Wayne Gretzky wants to do it and wants to do that and wants to say things that'll kind of make people shocked. He could do it. I have no doubt he could do it. I think it comes down to does he want to do it? And and I, and but what you have to do is you have to make him the kind of offer that at least is going to get him to think. And it sounds like TNT has at least done that. We'll see where it goes. And again, he is still involved in a capacity with the Oilers Entertainment Group. Bob Stoffer with you right now. Elliot Friedman's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for uh, Wilhawk W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. By the way, Paul Gris got all your, your uh, beef jerky, just so you know. He got your... Uh, he did, eh? Yes. Yes, yeah, yes. Paul's a bit of a hoarder. I can see it not getting to anybody else. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, this has been. Uh, we'll get. We'll get to the two uh, Canadian uh, playoff series in a second. Um, I. I mean, how popular are you in Buffalo these days? I'm just wondering because I know you love doing that. No, I, I think like the, like the fans have been really good. Like, um, you know, one of the things I got a couple of DMs from people who just said. You know, we really just appreciate the information. I think there's, yeah. you know, whenever you have a situation where a player says one thing and a team says another thing, you're yeah. kind of wondering, like, what's the story? What's the information? I think, you know, this week I was able to provide some information. I think people, they just want to know what's going on, and then they can try to make the most informed decision for themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I like... You know, I've seen people who say that Eichel's right. It's his body, and he should be able to determine it. And I've heard, and I've seen people say, "Wait a sec! Like he's owed fifty million dollars. You know, the team should be able to say this is right and this is wrong." And the other thing that happens here is that there's a collectively bargained agreement between the league and the players association that seems to indicate the team has the hammer here. And you can always, you know, you know, for every lawyer, you'll get a lawyer who tells you something opposite. You could always grieve it. You could always appeal it. But just the overall reading of it, and I've asked players, uh, not players so much, but I've asked agents, I've asked teams, and they think that they both agree that the way it's read, the team seems to have the power. So, you know, they've got today's 
um, May 14th. They've got 16 days to figure this out. You know, we'll see what happens. But Eichel seems to really want this uh, pro uh, process. It's called a cervical disc replacement. And the Sabres aren't crazy about it because it's never been performed on an NHL player. So it's a real challenge. Will Kevin Adams add some more help on the management side, do you think? I know he just recently added somebody, but is he going to yeah, add a little? Yeah, Jason Carmanos. Right. I don't know about that, uh, Bob. I don't know the answer to that question. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I've got kind of a mixed reaction to that, so it would be poor form for me to try to say I know more than I'm claiming. Do you think Don Granato ends up becoming the full-time head coach there, or do you think they look out, go outside? Um, I, I I think Granato's got a shot at the job, but it sounds to me, at the very least, that Adams wants to connect, collect information. Like I don't know if you heard Granato's Zoom call the other day. I, I thought it was really impressive. Like I thought it was the kind of message that the Sabers. Uh, needed to hear uh, the other day um, the fans and the organization I, I thought he took like some of the stuff he talked about about how the players appear in public versus how he sees them I thought was was very interesting and for those of you who didn't listen to it basically what you know people were talking about how miserable Eichel looked and how miserable Reinhardt looked and he said that well maybe that's the way you see them but I see them when they're about to come play hockey and they always are really excited to play hockey. And, you know, I thought that was really interesting. I, it, it obviously, like, I know people are already starting to speculate on David Quinn because he was Eichel's college coach. Um, I don't know. I, I think what they're going to do is I, I think they're going to try to move Eichel. I think they're going to look at moving uh, uh, Reinhardt and, and Ristolainen. And then I think they're going to try to build around some of these kids. So um, I could see Granato having a really good shot at it. I could. But I'm curious to see what Adams finds out there. We're talking with Elliot Friedman, who is featured in a piece in the Globe and Mail written by Marty Klinkenberg, Hockey's Storyteller Stays Humble. Uh, and he exhibits that on a regular basis every Friday here at Oilers now, especially when yeah, he That was very me. nice of Marty. I'm a little embarrassed, but that was very nice of Marty. Well, uh, I would assume uh, you're not a guy that loves talking. You know what? A lot of people today don't like talking about themselves that much, Elliot. That's kind of how people you know, are. You know what? I, I got to tell you, like I, think, like, I think that's kind of changing. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think where a lot of the economy is going, um, especially in our business, Brand is becoming more important than who you work for, Bob. And, like, you know, I would say that about you in a sense that, you know, you've got a brand out there in Edmonton. You've worked hard to establish it. Um, and I think a lot of people who are younger in our business, like, you, you look at the rise of the influencer. And I wonder where this business is going. And I think some people are very comfortable in the spotlight and some people aren't. And I'm not always very comfortable in it, but I think that the way the business is going, we're going to have to become a lot more comfortable in it. Because in a lot of ways, the, the social media platforms can become more powerful than the, the platform that you work at. So we all better get used to where life is kind of at. All right. Uh, let's do some quick hitters here. New York Rangers. Uh, I, I, I know of a, a guy that's touched all the bases. He's... 
been a very successful head coach for two different teams in Major Junior. He's been an NHL assistant, an American Hockey League head coach, but he does not a high-profile guy, and he doesn't have NHL. Well, he does have a brief amount of NHL head coaching. Are you talking experience. about Chris Knobloch? Well, and I obviously they want an experienced coach. I'm saying they've got a good future coach down the road, but it's to me it yep. looks like they're going. They want an experienced guy. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I think it would be a major upset if they hired a first-timer. I think it would be. I don't think that – I mean, things can always change, but I don't think that's what they're setting out to do. You know, one of the reasons that they're interviewing Gallant so quickly is that he's supposed to go to Latvia on Sunday with Team Canada. So they want to get that in there, but they're very interested. I wouldn't be surprised if Columbus has interest in uh, him too, uh, because he's he's definitely a positive guy. Players like playing for him, and plus, also he's got an attachment uh, to the area, like he's been in that organization before. So I can see him being uh, a Columbus guy as well. All right. Uh... Arizona. Now, is that a place where we might see a first-time head coach? Yes, I think it's. I think they're going to they're going to look younger. I, I do think one of the names that's high on their list, if he's interested, is Mike Van Ryan. Uh, Van Ryan's an assistant coach in St. Louis. Uh, Bill Armstrong, the current GM, was in St. Louis before. Prior to working with the Blues, Van Ryan worked in Arizona, so he knows the the all the ins and outs of that organization. Um, but I think there's going to be, like, I think Lane Lambert is another name there. Um, I think that's the kind of coach they're going to look for. Would Todd Nelson make sense there? I thought so. Like, like it fits. Like, it, it, it does. I think I put him in my notes this week. That is the kind of name that makes that fits for what Arizona is going to look at. Uh, we're joined by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Elliot, let's get to the two uh, Canadian. Oh, and players. another guy with Edmonton ties, Rocky Thompson. I think would be in that mix too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, think, I, I have to look at this. I think Bill Armstrong and Rocky Thompson might have a connection somewhere. So I think there's a little bit of knowledge. Uh, well, Rocky did play. Was Chicago not? Oh, no, Chicago was Vegas's farm team. Because I, I thought Chicago was St. Louis. No, but they've also been, before the, before Vegas, I think they were St. Louis. They were, yeah, I think they were. So, there you go. Uh, all right. Um, the two uh, the two Canadians, I want to start with Toronto and Montreal, and I want to bring up a player. How important, I mean, Zach Hyman. Uh, I'm yep. led to believe that Zach Hyman, if we have an Olympic game, Zach Hyman has got a great chance to make Team Canada. There's some, uh, some of the managers really like him. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm hearing that the Leafs are going to – could you foresee a scenario where, like, first of all, is is Hyman expected back for the start of the series? Yes, he is expected. He's been practicing. Um, He's been practicing. Yeah. How much of a focal point of attention is that for the Leafs to get him re-signed, and could it possibly ultimately cost a guy like Nylander's spot on the team? I, I think that I think the playoffs are going to answer all of those questions, Bob. I do. I, I think that – that's going to determine a lot of their decision making is who performs well, who doesn't, how the team does, all of that kind of thing. Um, I think there's a lot of interest in Hyman in the market, yep. free agent market. Look, yep. I think he wants to be a Leaf. I think he wants to stay in Toronto. He's been there all his life. Uh, he's got ties to the city. His family's from there. Uh, his wife's from there. Um, I think he would like to stay in Toronto if he could. But I do think there's an overall recognition here that he'd be leaving money on the table. I think the question is what 
is there somebody that just blows Toronto out of the water that you just can't say no to? But I do believe that the playoffs will determine the answer to all of these questions. And the Maple Leafs will determine their priorities based on how that goes. So I think he wants wants to come back. I think they want him back. I think everybody understands if he's back, he's leaving money on the table. I just think the playoffs will determine how much that needle moves in every direction. By the way, former defenseman Mark just wants to point out, Elliot, what are you talking about, about not always feeling comfortable in your own skin? He says anybody that was able to rock the silver, the Civil War era beard that you had last summer has to be comfortable in your own skin. That was an awesome beard, man. I just, I, well, I, was... I loved it, and I would do it again under the penalty of divorce. But it, this is what I would say. Like, I, I think, like most people, I'm probably a lot more comfortable at 50 than I am than I was at 25. Um, I'm comfortable in, I believe in myself, and I'm comfortable in what I can and can't do. What I, believe it or not, with the job I do, I'm not always comfortable with the attention that comes with it. And I think in our business, you have to call attention to yourself at at times. That's the thing I don't like. Like, I, I, I'm comfortable myself. I, I like doing the, I would never have done, like, the turtleneck or the beard earlier in my career. I now feel very comfortable doing that stuff and making people laugh. I'm just not always comfortable saying, like, being like, look at me, uh, I'm the center of attention. And sometimes in this business you have to do that. Yeah. And that's probably the thing I would say I'm not comfortable with in my skin. All right. Uh, quick injury updates on the Canadian side. Is Gallagher going to be a go? Yes, I think so. I think we're all expecting that. I think, I think the bigger, it sounds like Price is going to be a go. Deneau is skating. Uh, I think the one we're all kind of wondering about here is Weber. Yeah, and upper body, wrist, hands, something. Well, you know, unfortunately, there was someone on the Canadian social media account who had a bad day with that the other day, and they kind of released that. They're, like, we had, we had heard the rumor was thumb. That showed like it was a thumb, and, you know, I feel badly for that person because I'm sure they didn't mean to do it intentionally, and it was probably a very tough thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, the Canadians with a 4.15 winning percentage when Brendan Gallagher has not been in the lineup over the last several years. Uh, I oh, think he's Montre- a difference maker. I think Montreal's like I don't. Th- I think the Leafs will win, but I don't think they're going to walk over the, uh, the Canadians in in four or five games. What about you? You know, I just haven't liked the way the Canadians have finished the season. Um, you know, one thing I'm a big believer in, Bob, is that you know, regardless of what happened the last 56 games. You can rewrite your story in the playoffs. You can have a horrendous year and then completely redeem yourself by what you do now. And I think that everybody gets a clean slate and everybody gets to change. The thing that really concerns me is that Montreal, like how long did it take them to get that one point necessary to clinch a playoff <laughs> Way longer than it should. And that's the thing that concerns me about them. Although you're right, Gallagher is back, instantly changes them. And some of the other guys, and, you know, is Price going to be Price? Can can Weber play a role? Deneau is a huge loss, too. Like, if he can't play, and like I said, he's skating. But if he can't play, that's a massive loss. But they need these guys not only to come back, but they need these guys to be effective. And we have Winnipeg and Edmonton, and the yeah. Jets have lost nine of their last 11. Yeah. I know the Oilers went 7-2 against the Jets. Again, I don't think this is going to be a four- or five-game series. You know, I- I'll tell you this. There was a time earlier this year I really thought 
and uh, Winnipeg was the second best team in Canada behind Toronto. I think I think Toronto's earned the number one seed by the way they've played this year. But for most of the year, I thought Winnipeg was number two. I don't like the way they've looked uh, a lot of the last uh, few weeks. I, I really, I mean, never mind the results. Like, they've just been caved in on a lot of nights. They have a great goalie. If he's on his game, that gives them a chance. But they need a much higher level from a lot of the guys they've gotten. Um, and the other thing, too, is, like, I look at your group. If Smith stays consistent, you're in really good shape. McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to come into this series. And first of all, they're both confident guys anyway. But they're going to look at what they've done against this team this year, and they're going to feel really good. Like, that's, that's the question to me, is that, like, if you're playing the Oilers, you know those guys are going to get their points. But number one, can you stay disciplined? Can you limit the amount of power plays they get? And number two, can you at least make it so that you're not getting caved in while those guys are on the ice? McDavid had at least two points in every game against Winnipeg this year. You Crazy. cannot allow that to happen over seven games. So who are the guys that are going to go out there for the Jets and say, we're going to be on the ice, and yes, we're going to give up some, but we're not giving up 14 over seven games to Connor McDavid? Like, can we get it to seven? Can we get it to nine or ten? Because I do think that uh, getting that average down from two points a game to, I don't know, one, one and a quarter is probably the difference of having a chance to win the series. So which Winnipeg players are going to step up and at least slow these guys down a little bit? Because if they don't, you guys are going to run away with that series. Elliot, as always. Bob, I, I I really like your team. I think... I think that there's a lot of guys on your team who have accepted their identities and their roles. They know who the stars are, and they do what they do around them. I think there's a recipe for success there. I do. Since January 30th, Elliot, the Edmonton Oilers have been the third best team in the league. Only Colorado and Vegas have been better. And we know that there were some teams in that division that really struggled over the back half of the season that might be having some more changes coming. Great stuff, Elliot. Thanks for your time. We'll hook up next week, okay? All right, Bob. Have a good weekend, okay, man? You bet. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort Casino. He's our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We'll take a quick timeout. Come back with the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, let's go to a quick couple texts here from our conversation that we had with Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort Casino. This texter comes in saying, Bob, if Shea Weber plays, the Leafs better have on their flak jackets. They're a physical team. Uh, again, text us at any time. <laughs> Funny stuff. We got a lot of people that are uh, chiming in here. We'll have to get to some... Uh, 
this one comes in from Leonard, uh, who says, Bob, I read that piece on Elliot Friedman that was in the Globe and Mail. He deserves the accolades. Great personality. So are you, Bob. Well, thank you, Leonard. That's much appreciated. Marty Klinkenberg wrote the piece. He did a book on Connor McDavid. He's with the Globe and Mail. Marty is... Um, He's had a health scare, too, during his time. He is one of the nicest people you would ever meet. Uh, you know, there's terms for ink-stained wretches uh, who would make uh, comments, you know, off the cuff uh, at, at football games and hockey games, and everybody would kind of quietly chuckle, but it was stuff that was not, a, not always appropriate at times. Uh, Marty is just a really nice guy. And uh, I'm not surprised that he did a real great job in that piece with Elliot Friedman. Two, the Oilers now injury report brought to you daily by our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brandon Escott. Okay, well, Zach Cassian is skating, getting closer, but not ready to return yet from a lower body injury. Slater Cuckoo is, uh, again, same thing, getting closer from that collarbone injury day-to-day right now. Chris Russell will miss this upcoming game tomorrow, as will Elias Pettersson for Vancouver. He is out for their final four games with a wrist problem. Uh, Blues D-man Colton Pareko out tonight. An undisclosed injuries. Still banged up and has had somewhat of an injury plagued season really. Uh, but Nikita Kucherov did practice with Tampa again and all signs point to him being ready for game one against the Panthers. He missed the whole year after a hip procedure. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Then we'll bring uh, on to the show longtime NHL assistant coach, the man who just guided Canada to a gold medal at the U18 Championship, Dave Barr, uh, Jack Michaels, Cam Moon, Reed, and uh, Brennan and myself with their playoff predictions coming up in the last half hour of the show. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.